Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for this opportunity to look at your word. And Father, we ask that you would be with us as we look at it, that you would give us understanding, Father, uh, that you will uh, just show us how you have gifted us and given us the ability to, to serve you through Christ and to help others come to know Christ. And Father, just strengthen our faith, conform us more into the image of your Son, and just transform us, Father, by the renewal of our minds. We ask all this uh, in, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So one of the one of the errors that I always thought when I was kind of growing up and going to church, and for some reason it just never really really clicked for me the, that I was wrong in this, but I was. Uh, growing up, I always thought that that ministry is what we paid people to do in church. Uh, that ministry is what the people who went to school and were trained for. That that is something that that they did. That was that was kind of the purpose. We kind of professionalized the ministry. And so that, that serving God and ministering in a church was, was something that the paid staff in a church did. And that was an assumption that I had uh, even when I felt called to the ministry. And I was thinking to myself, oh, my goodness, is God really calling me to do this? Because that seems like a whole lot of stuff. If I'm supposed to be this, 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 I don't know if I'm able to do all that. And then I got to school and I went to seminary and, and I'm sitting there and this guy's talking to me, one of the guys who was on staff at a church that I was at, and uh, his name was Will, and he told me, he's like, you know, Stephen, if I could give you any advice, here's your advice. Your, your job as a minister is to work yourself out of a job. I said, well, what do you mean? He said, your job is to train and equip people in such a way that, that the church could run without you here. And I was sitting there, I was like, okay, okay. And, and then as I was looking at this passage for this week, that phrase kind of came back in my mind. That phrase that, that Will had told me so many years ago is that, you know, the, the, the pastors, the teachers, the evangelists in the church, they, their job is to equip the church, the people in the church, to be able to minister and be able to serve God. And, and so one of the areas I have and maybe that, that you may have or have had is assuming that the staff or the leaders in the church are the ones to do the ministry. And sometimes we, we may think that if we're not on staff or if we're not a Sunday school teacher or we're not a leader in the church, sometimes we may feel like that means we have nothing to contribute to the church. But that's not true. Just because you're not in a leadership position or you're not a, a Sunday school teacher or you don't lead a, a Bible study group or you're not standing here on stage doesn't mean that you have nothing to contribute to the church. Uh, sometimes we, we don't realize that, that God has gifted each and every one of us and given each of us these spiritual gifts, these talents that he has given us so that we may be able to, to serve him in some way. You see, ministry is not reserved for the special few. Ministry or serving God is given to every Christian who has trusted Christ and followed him because we're told in the scripture and even in this passage that God has given good gifts to men, that he has given us these gifts. And sometimes we may not realize that we are gifted. We may not realize what those giftedness are, what those gifts that he has given us are. And sometimes we may know that we have strengths in some area or another. We just don't know how to use those gifts, those talents, those strengths. We may not know where to serve God in our, in our local church. And I just want to encourage you this morning that, that 
God intends to be able to use you, no matter if you're a new Christian or you've been a Christian for like 50, 60, 70 years. God can and he intends to use you in order to build up the church. And so I just want to encourage you with that, that it doesn't matter how, how firm in the faith or new in the faith you are, you can be used by God to grow his church. And that's the thing. God wants to grow his church. And in this passage today, we, we see what I think the Bible teaches is that the church that serves together grows together. The church that serves together grows together. And this is an important thing to think about, serving together. Uh, because sometimes we, we view church kind of like we do a movie theater or like we do a play where we come, we sit down, uh, we experience something and we leave. We kind of treat it almost like we're consumers sometimes. And, and the church as a gathering of people is never meant to be uh, about just consuming things. Because uh, after all, is the church a building that we go to? No. Like we call this building Freestone Baptist Church, but is this building actually Freestone Baptist Church? No. You are. You are. And I am. We are. We are the church. We are the building. And so when we say we go to church, what we're really saying is we're gathering with other believers here to be able to serve God together. And what this passage teaches us and what Paul's getting across to the Christians there in Ephesus is that the church that serves together grows together. We each have a part to play. And when we are all playing the part that God has given us, we are able to see God do amazing things in our church. Uh, kind of like we see Paul said in chapter 3, verse 20, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever and ever. Amen. When we are all serving God in the way that God has gifted us, God is going to do amazing things. Things that we could never even imagine. Things that we as a church would just say, that has to be God. Only God could do that. Only God can transform our hearts. Only God can transform our minds. Only God could equip us and empower us to be able to, to really reach our community. For the, for the gospel. And so as we look at this passage, I want us to look there right at verse 7. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Now the idea here in verse 7, it's not like the grace that saves us. When it says, but grace was given to us according to the measure of Christ's gift, it's not talking about, not talking about salvation. Okay. Now we are saved by grace, but we're also gifted according to the measure of Christ's gift, according to the measure of his grace. Uh, in other words, your gifting is not going to be the same as mine. It could be, right? We may share in the same gifting, but my gifting and your gifting may look different. And your gifting compared to another person is going to be different. We're all gifted in different ways. And that is a good thing because in the diversity of gifts, God actually uses that to unify us together. And so each one of us has been given a gift, a spiritual gift from God or a talent from God, just according to the measure of Christ's gift. This once again just points to, to God's sovereignty within the whole thing. Not only did he, he save us by his grace, but he also gives us gifts and talents by his grace. And so God, in, in just his infinite knowledge and in his infinite uh, authority, has given us gifts and talents that we can use to, to serve him. And so we see that he's given us grace according to the measure of his gift. 
And we're told in verse 8, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. Paul's just doubling down on this idea that God has given us gifts. In verse 9, and he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also descended into the lower regions of the earth. Now, there's a lot of ideas on what this might mean in verse 9, but I think most simply what this means when it says he descended into the lower regions of the earth. Sometimes people think, well, that means he descended into hell. I don't think that's what that means. I don't think Jesus went to hell, right? I think he accomplished everything he needed to accomplish on the cross. But Jesus, when, when it says he descended into the lower regions of the earth, we have to understand that Jesus is what? God. He is the son of God who was ruling and reigning from all eternity. And then he stepped into this place we called earth. He descended from heaven to earth where he lived a perfect sinless life where he died on the cross for our sins and was buried dead in the grave and rose again from the grave. And then after some time, what did he do? He ascended back to his throne and he led us free. And now we are free in Christ and we have him. And so him going up back, he is ruling and reigning in heaven. And he has given each of us gifts. And then we see that these gifts that God has given, these spiritual gifts that he has given, he, he intends to use to grow the church. And now we don't mean necessarily numerically. A lot of times uh, nowadays when we talk about growth, we talk about numbers, right? Like we need more numbers, more numbers, more numbers, more money, all those things. That's not what God's saying here. What, what I believe this passage is saying is that God intends for these gifts that he has given us to be used to grow the body spiritually. Uh, and we see this kind of toward the end of this chapter or of this, of this passage where it talks about how uh, God has given the evangelists, pastors, shepherds, teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And then in verse 13, until we all attain the unity of the faith, knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. In other words, God has given each of us talents and spiritual gifts that we can use to become more like Christ, that we can use as a church to become more like Christ. And so God intends for the, these gifts that he has given, for us to use those gifts and to serve him in the church so that we might grow and become more like Christ together. Yes, as individuals, but also together as the church, as the body of Christ, that we may use the gifts that we have and become more like Christ, to grow into the fullness of Christ. And so some of those gifts that he has given, uh, we actually see... Some of the gifts that he has given the church include people, include people, right? Like each one of us, God has placed you in this church in a specific time for a specific purpose, for a specific season uh, to be able to, to carry out the talent that he has given you within the church. And, and we see specifically a, a group of, of giftedness that is given here in verse 11. We said, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers, in verse 12, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And so we, we see there's this list of people, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. Uh, these, these would be considered kind of the leadership or teaching positions within a church. Uh, apostles, evangelists, prophets, shepherds, teachers. 
And, and the apostles there, some would say that apostles are, still exist. Uh, I'm not one of those that thinks that's true. Uh, I think that the, the office of apostle in the sense of like a New Testament apostle ceased when, when basically the New Testament was finished and the 12 that wrote the New Testament when they, when they passed away. But yet we still have the teachings of the apostles. Like, do you remember in Ephesians in chapter 2, it, it talks about how the church is built up upon the foundation of Christ Jesus, the prophets, and what? The apostles, with Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. And so Jesus being the cornerstone, and then we have the Old Testament uh, prophets and saints and the New Testament apostles and their writings and contributions to the word of God and how we today were built upon those foundations, upon those teachings. And so God had called them, and, and even though we don't know them personally, we don't, I, don't, I don't know Paul personally, he still was, his life was still a gift to us as a church from God because he was able to write directly from God truths in his word that we, that we see today and we base our life on today because we believe that all of the word of God is what? His, that it is all God's word. It's not man's word, it's God's word. And so you have the, the apostles there, but then you have, we see the, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. And so these, these leaders, these teachers in a church, uh, they, they have a specific role. And their role we see there in verse 12. And basically, the, the role of these leaders is to equip, to enable, and to support all the other Christians in the church in their serving of the Lord. Uh, we see there in verse 12. That, that these people that God has given to the church are given to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. The idea of equip is simply to, to train up, to give abilities to or give authority to, to train up, to support, to enable. And so the, the role of the leaders in the church, the role of the, the pastors and the teachers and the evangelist in a, in a church is to support and enable everyone else in their serving. To support and enable you. Like if you have a giftedness that God has given you. Say like for example you're gifted in singing. Right? Our role as, as or my role as a, as a pastor here is to provide you opportunity to be able to use that gift. Or let's say you're really good like at hospitality. And what I mean by that is like you really want people to feel welcome when they come here. And when they're at your house or wherever it is. You want people to feel like this is home and they're surrounded by family. My job is to provide you with opportunity for you be, to be able to exercise that gift. And so like we might have things like greeters that when you walk in, you're there and you're, get, you're greeting. You're saying, man, we're glad you're here. I'm so happy, excited you're here with us this morning. Can, do you need anything? How can we help you? How can we serve you? And so things like that. I, our job as, as pastors in a church or, or teachers and leaders in a church is to basically make it where you guys have the easiest time possible serving in the way that God has gifted you to serve. Whether that's with singing or whether that's with reading or, or teaching or generosity or prayer or encouragement, whatever it is. Our role is to equip you, enable you, and support you to be able to use the gifts that God has given you. And that's the thing. Each one of us has been given a gift. Every one of us has been given a gift. Notice there in verse 12, it doesn't say to equip some of the saints for the work of ministry. What does it say? Equip the saints. And who are the saints? All of those that have been saved. All those who 
have by the grace of God been saved by God through faith and what Christ has done. And so each one of us have been given spiritual gifts, whether it is like generosity or encouragement. Maybe you're just really good at organizing things. And that may be your giftedness that God has gifted you in being able to organize, to be able to administrate in some way, organizing events or outreaches or vacation Bible schools, whatever it is. Uh, we each and every one of us has been given a gift and the purpose of those giftedness and those giftings that God has given us is so that we might grow together in Christ so that we might become more like Christ. Notice in verse 13 that we are all are built up in the body of Christ, 13, until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And so the idea here is that as we each serve the Lord in the way that God has gifted us, as we do that, God is going to use that to build us up and make us more like Christ. And then he goes and he further explains what he means by being built into the fullness of Christ, into the stature of Christ. Verse 14 gives us another example of what he's trying to get across. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. So a, a sign of, of spiritual growth, a sign of maturity in Christ is that you're not wishy-washy in what you believe. You're not over here, then a wave of doctrine hits you and you move over here. You're not easily deceived by people with, that have uh, sweet words and, and cunning, cunning speech and kind of deceptive. You're not easily swayed by those things. Uh, because as a church, what are we grounded upon? We're grounded upon... God's word as it reveals Christ. And so a sign of spiritual maturity, a sign of growing in spiritual maturity is that we're not wishy-washy in what we believe. We're not wishy-washy in, in how we live. We're not easily deceived by the ways of this world. Rather, we notice there in verse 15, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head and into Christ. What is the truth that we are called to speak? Well, Jesus in John 17, he prayed for us and he asked that we would be sanctified in truth. And then he tells us what truth is. And he says, and your word is truth. And so what is the truth that we are called to speak to one another? The Bible, the word of God, the gospel. We're called to speak these things over each other and to each other, and to pray God's word over each other and with each other so that we might become more like Christ. Because when we speak the truth in love and when we look to the word, we do grow up in every way into him who is the head and into Christ. After all, God's word is the word of Christ. John chapter one, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And who are they talking about? They're talking about Christ. And we know that all of God's word speaks of Christ. And so as we serve God, we serve according to what the Bible says. And we speak the truth and love to one another so that we might become more like Christ. And when we do that, verse 16 says that the, the whole body being joined together by Christ 
held together with, with, with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Do you read it? Do you see what that says there? That when, when we are equipped, enabled, and supported to be able to serve God the way that God has gifted us, that God uses that so that we might grow and build ourselves up in love, specifically the love of Christ, the love of God that he has shown us. And so as we serve together, God in a very special way blesses that serving and helps us to grow closer to Christ and closer to one another as we seek to be able to, to serve him. And so we've talked a lot of theory, right? Like Here's your, we have gifts, we have talents, we're called to use those and serve those, but we might not know what those talents are. We may not think of us as a gifted person. And so I would want to just take a moment and ask you, ask you to think about what your talents are. What is it that you are good at? What is it that you enjoy doing? What comes naturally to you? Are you just one of those that can just easily have a conversation with somebody? Are you one of those that's always finding yourself uh, trying to give encouragement to somebody else? Maybe you're one of those that prays a lot. And like we all should be praying, but maybe you're one of those that prays a lot and you're always wanting to know how you can pray for others. Maybe you're one of those uh, that you have a really, really strong burden for the lost. You want to see people come to know the Lord and, and you're wanting to share the gospel more. Think about the gifts and talents that you have. Maybe, maybe you like to sing. Maybe you play an instrument. Maybe you love technology and social media and things like that. God has given us those desires and those personality traits and those characteristics and those talents that we have that we can use them and redeem them to be able to serve him. And so when you think about the talents that you have, when you think about what you enjoy doing, when you think about what comes naturally to you, I want you to pray and ask God, how can I use these things to serve you. Father, how can I use these things that you have given me the ability to do, these things that I enjoy doing, how can I use those things to serve him? And even then, I want, I want to give you three scripture references that you can go and you can look at as you're thinking and wondering. So like if you're wondering what your giftedness is, I want you to write down these three verses that you can go and look at. And these three verses, they're not just an exhaustive list of verses that give you every spiritual gift. But there are quite a few in there. One of those is Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. And it says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though... Many are one body in Christ, individually members of one another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts, or like that means encourage in his encouragement, to the one who contributes in generosity, and to the one who leads with zeal, to the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. And so you see just a few of those types of giftingness that you might have, whether it's uh, you're blessed to be able to give 
and contribute. You're blessed in being able to use your hands. And maybe you don't want to be the center of attention, but you still want to serve God and you love doing things with your hands. You might be gifted in in service in some way. And so one of those passages you can look at if you're trying to determine your giftedness is Romans 12, uh, verses 3 through 8. And then if you look also at 1 Corinthians in chapter 12 and and a lot of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about various spiritual gifts that are there. And so you can look at that one too and, and, and ask the Lord, you know, which one of these describe me? How am I gifted? And if you're ever wondering also how you're gifted or how, what your talents might be, chances are that the people you're closest to in the church can probably tell you. The people that, you, that you're closest with in the church that you have relationships with in the church, they can likely tell you how you're gifted. They can likely tell you what your talents are because they see you and they know you. And so they may be able to, to give you some insight into what those talents are because each of us have one. Each of us have at least one area of giftedness that God has given us that we can use to, to serve Him. And then... When you do that, what I want you to do, hey, let us know so we can be praying for you and so that we can encourage you in that. And let us know so that we can see if there's any way that we can provide opportunity for you to be able to use your giftedness here at Freestone because we truly believe that the church that serves together really does grow together. That's the promise that we have been given in Scripture is that, is that when we do this, when we serve God together, in the ways that God has gifted each of us, when we do that, we will become more like Christ, grown up into the fullness of the stature of Christ. We'll become more like Jesus. We will grow in our faith. We will not be easily swayed from the truth. We'll be guarded in those things. We will become more like Christ. We'll honor Christ more We'll love one another even more because it seems like the more we serve together, the more we grow in even our love for each other and our understanding of each other. And so a church that serves together grows together. What is God and how is God calling on you to serve? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have given us uh, your grace that you have given us each giftedness. And Father, uh, would you just speak to our hearts and help us to know how we are gifted and how we're able to serve you, Lord. And Father, we know that you get the credit in all this. You get the glory in all this. We really, we just want to become more like you, Lord. Uh, we want to uh, know you more. We want to help others come to know you, Lord. And so, Father, we just, we just pray that you would reveal to us how uh, we, you have gifted us and how we might be able to use those talents and giftedness in, in our churches. And Father, mostly, we, just, we want you to be honored. We want you to be glorified. And we also want people to come to know you. And so, Father, we pray that you might even use us to, to be able to share the good news of Christ and the gift that he gives, namely salvation and forgiveness of sins. And so, Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. And Father, we just pray that you will help us to grow spiritually as we seek to know you and serve you. We ask all this in Christ's name. Amen.